0: Without liquor. Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamara Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. Laughing Without Liquor. The content presented on the Laughing Without Liquor website and podcast is for informational purpose only and not intended to diagnose or treat disease. Before making any changes to your nutrition or supplementation, please make sure to check with your physician or healthcare provider. Laughing Without Liquor podcast is for general information purpose only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including or giving medical advice, and no doctor patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition that they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare profession. So we're just letting you know that we're here sharing our experience, and we want you to take your health serious. So that's our disclaimer. Enjoy the show. Hello, friend. Tamar and I talk a lot about optimizing our wellness, right? We are self-preservation junkies. I mean, we have to be some kind of junkie. That's why you're listening to the show. Imagine effortlessly regulating your stress level. Can you imagine improving your sleep up to 30 more minutes of sleep each night, improving your physical recovery and elevating your focus all through the science of touch therapy? Yeah. So I started using an Apollo wearable, I want to say at least five years ago. Um, I can't remember when, but it has profoundly affected my life. And I didn't think about sharing it. I, I don't even know why. It just never really it just never occurred to me. But then I uh, let my son, uh, I bought my son one and the profound effects that it has had on him has really made me want to share it with others. Uh, So if you're interested in learning more about this technology, you can save up to $70 off during Apollo's Black Friday, Cyber Monday happening November 17th through the 27th. Now, again, What it's done for me is one thing, but what it's done for my son and his uh, neurodivergence and medication and this little thing that he used to do, it's gone. Uh, He told me the other day, you know, mom, I'm really focusing again and I really like it. And he wears it. He just wears it. He does it himself. It's so cool. So if you'd like to sign up and grab that $70 off during Apollo's Black Friday, you can find the link in the show notes. Uh, you can use the code LANE and you'll get that. We'll have it in the show notes and then you can grab that $70 off. I hope you enjoyed as much as I have and my kiddo. Okay, now let's get into today's episode. Thanks for being here.
1: I know I need a new spray too. Actually, you know what? I have one from Ready roll. the last time I saw you. Yeah,
0: I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford.
1: And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy.
0: You're hanging out with us? Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah! Over <laughs> here at Laughing Without Liquor. No ditty.
1: You wanted to sing it though, didn't you? I
0: almost went and I almost did. Uh, today, Tamar, I'm fired up about this conversation because I am really passionate. hmm mm-hmm. You know what? I just, I'm so, I want women to take over the world.
1: Me too. I mean, it would be a more compassionate place. It would be more empathetic. Right? Yeah, I agree. Oh I agree. God.
0: So I, you know, I've been thinking a lot. I've been listening to my mentor and he says, you know, who are you serving? Who are you serving? Who are you serving? Every day he's like this, he's like pounding it into my head. And you know, this is someone I pay to do <laughs> this. For. Like I pay him. <laughs> To have him constantly remind me that if I'm not serving, I am not breaking free from the bondage of self mm-hmm. um, in in simple terms. And so when we talk about this conversation today, I'm just giving a little warning to our friend who's listening. I may get, you know, I may yell into the mic. I don't know.
1: You never know what's going to happen. Yeah.
0: So tomorrow, what are we talking about today?
1: We're going to talk about why women don't want to talk about weight. Oh, because it is a subject that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's women are sensitive about, right? It's 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 one that I have struggled with and still struggle Mm -hmm. with. But Mm -hmm. the difference is today I'm able to talk about it because I have learned how to talk about things and to stop shaming myself.
0: So let's okay, let's start there. Okay. Let's start there. Because that right there, um, when when did you become comfortable talking about it?
1: I would say probably halfway into my recovery. So about six years ago.
0: When you had the chicken strip situation?
1: A little bit before then, because I think I'm able to, at that point, I was able to admit that "Mm, maybe some of my behaviors and habits are not so healthy. Mm -hmm. I can own Mm -hmm. my stuff. I mean, you know, my partner always says, everybody should date someone in recovery because they actually own their stuff. Yeah.
0: So true. Mm-hmm. So nice.
1: It is nice.
0: Uh, so I'm going to go back to the 80s for just a quick second.
1: Oh, I know. I'm Taking know. it way back.
0: Taking it way back, right? Because I think this is where I realized that I should not be talking about my body or my weight Uh, it was modeled to me from my stepmother, uh, that we don't talk about it. Uh And meanwhile, she's like, you know, snorting cocaine and (laughs) drinking and she's thin as a rail. Uh, and so I, I, that's, that's where I started learning about like weight and why we don't talk about it, just Uh modeling that. And then I'm going to fast forward into the nineties, right? So into the nineties, I modeled Uh and I had to maintain my size and I had to maintain the measurement of my hips and it was brutal because Mm -hmm. in the nineties, you have to think about the nineties were so glitzy. Yeah. The supermodels came out and everybody was trying to attain that curvy, you know, Cindy Crawford was out there with that curvy shape and then Linda came out and they all had these perfect bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. So the 90s kind of tainted us.
1: It did taint us. And I, <laughs> I, I remember because I was in high school, I graduated mm-hmm. in 94. Mm-hmm. And in my early days in high school, even into the later when I started partying, I was very athletic. and But I always had a bit larger of a frame, especially mm-hmm. midsection hips, than most of my friends. But, you know, when I look at pictures from back then, mm-hmm. I'm very thin. And yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, so weight really, even though I was very self conscious at that time, because I was 140 pounds mm. as a teenager, which was, you know, most of my friends were 100 pounds, 110 pounds kind of thing. So, of course, when I started to gain weight after I stopped all that and I went full on into my alcoholism, that is when anytime I would talk about weight, it was also, it was always associated with a diet. Mm-hmm. And it was always very, defensive right like that is the point that I got to when people would say oh you look great and i'd say oh yeah i've g- i mean i've gained 20 pounds like it was an instant response and i hear a lot of women today do it too mm-hmm. we get so defensive about our weight and that's where i started to learn that behavior is everything was about diet get thin look better so people will accept me more and before i got sober i was 215 pounds
0: and or 15 pounds.
1: the first thing I thought
0: mm-hmm.
1: is if I can change the way I look on the outside, it will heal mm-hmm. the pain I feel on the inside. Right. Boy, was right. I wrong.
0: It's so it's so crazy. Yeah. So you just brought me back to, you know, when I was young, I weighed that 140. That's a marker. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I was like the one of the bigger girls in my grade school. So I remember, um, you know, all the girls getting taller and I kind of got taller, but I got a little more chunky Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand what was happening to my body. And I also remember, you know, fast forward into college, like losing a bunch of that weight and then putting it back on and not having any kind of idea around, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's healthy, what's not because we're not taught, you know, like what, what do we eat? Like, how do we eat? We're modeled. And when I was growing up, I was modeled, you know, we eat a pork chop, we fry it and we have some French fries. Like it wasn't modeled. (laughs) Like we need to eat vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, like that, that wasn't happening in my house. So yeah, there was this sense of, um, it was just very incongruent, I didn't know what was happening with my body. And then again, when I went into the nineties and started modeling and became that size, uh, there was no talk, like nobody talked about weight. Uh Just kind of like, what, why are we talking? Why are, why am I starving myself? Like I had to really wrap my head around that. Like lettuce was my diet for many, many years, which is not great. Because I bounced back and forth from overeating, under-consuming, drinking, eating Snickers bars, because there was you know some kind of nutrients in there, <laughs> I so thought. The peanuts, right? The peanuts, because that's how they kind of sold it too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I want to be really clear is that when we talk about weight, there's two mm-hmm. sides of the spectrum, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that can relate. There's the under-eating, like you said- underweight, yep. undernourished, and then there's the overeating, which I tend to go always to that side because when people say, oh, "I'm so stressed I just can't eat." I I cannot relate to that statement because that mm-hmm. has never been my thing. And mm-hmm. I know people who are very healthy, you know, they're not pre-diabetic, they're and they might be slightly larger figure than mm-hmm. some women, but they're healthy. Mm-hmm. They're eating the right. right things. They just may right. have the genetics that causes them to have a bigger frame. So I think, you know, when we talk about weight mm-hmm. especially, we always like go to the the weight on the scale. It's so much more than that. Like it's so much more. Right now for me, it's a good chance I'm probably I'm getting up to that pre-diabetic stage. That's why I'm serious mm-hmm. about eating the foods I need to and understanding my DNA so I can get healthy again and I can start to take some of that weight off. I mean, it kills my knees too. I mean, you know, right. the physical help. damage that it's doing on my body, it hurts.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think enough people really talk about the under eating enough, right. which is so detrimental to women. Uh, it affects their hormones. It affects their moods. It affects their sleep. Um, you know, I have a couple clients right now who are the under eater variety and I identify with them because I swing to that under eating. So like in a minute I'll go there. Um, but they just don't understand why they're not sleeping uh-huh. and they're eating, you know, kind bars, you know, those kind bars that <laughs> they're like, cause they're easy. They're quick. They're like, Oh, but I'm eating that. And it's good for me. Right. And, so when you kind of just start taking this apart, it's like, why was I under eating? Well, I go back to that model that I had the the it, back in eighth grade, you know, who I grew up with, who was, you know, putting cocaine up her nose and riding horses and like so skinny. And my dad saying, oh, she's so gorgeous. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and hearing that in my mind, I was like, okay, I have to be like my stepmom. And that kind of put me in this, you know, this trajectory of like not eating enough Mm -hmm. and then having my body like rebound and then binging Mm -hmm. because I was so hungry. Yeah. And and then I'm eating, you know, a whole jar of peanut butter Mm -hmm. just insane. Like I just think about that. My dad would come home and say, where's the peanut butter? And I don't know, maybe, maybe my brother, maybe, you know, Maybe he ate it, right? Like just lie and then there, and then sets off the lies. And okay. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know Tamar and I are super pumped about self-preservation. And we have your back. We do. We totally do. We've got it. We know that you're here because you are looking for self-optimization as well. And whether you've been in recovery for 30 days, 30 minutes, 30 years. I gotta tell you, your liver, your genes, your DNA, your entire body has been impacted. And maybe it's time to make a change. Maybe you have wicked, bad, aggravated menopausal symptoms. You know what I'm talking about. And your bones are achy. Your joints need support. And maybe you have that heightened emotional instability. You're yelling inside and outside of your head. And sleep, it's limited. Yeah. Sleep. Does it even exist? Hormonal imbalances, you know, this, I can't lose my muffin top around my waist. It's an endless conversation. Well, good news is that tomorrow and I, we have something for you and we are inviting you to get on the wait list right now. It's the recovery reset, a total hormonal upgrade. Think about superpowers. Think like Total transformation. It's like going from a flip phone to a quantum supercomputer overnight. You'll run the show like a boss. Calm, serenity now, like never before. Sleep more deeply, lose excess pounds, and no more yelling. Imagine a new you. 2024 is waiting. Are you willing to invest in your future self? I think you are. Let's do it. Get on the wait list over at Laughing Without Liquor forward slash reset. We'll see you there. Oh God. It's just a cycle. So the under eating, I think is something, again, I'm just saying this again, how it's something we don't acknowledge because we're, we're healthy. Mm -hmm. We're like, we look good, Mm -hmm. but in reality, there's a thing called skinny fat that is not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mentioned already some of the um, outcomes as a result of that. So if you are you know, under eating, that's something to consider as well.
1: Yeah. You're harming your metabolism.
0: Completely destroying it.
1: Yeah, because your brain is thinking, okay, well, I'm being starved here. Mm -hmm. Next time I consume some food, I need to store that. Yeah. And people don't understand the impact. And everybody, every body is different. That's the other thing. Right. We're not all the same. We can't all just do the same fad diet, lose the, you know, however much weight you want to lose, most of us will gain it back. That's just the reality. And I want to bring up a good point is like that you made is the line about it. I mean, I Mm -hmm. used to be that person when I was feeling insecure, self-conscious, and, you know, my ex was criticizing me about my weight. And at that point, Mm I really wasn't that overweight. It was just what he wanted to see. Yeah. I remember on the way home being so depressed, going and stopping by a fast food place, eating a burger and fries and pulling over on the side of the road, finding a garbage can so I could hide the evidence, going home mm-hmm. and having dinner and lying about me doing this. Right. And oh. I'm, I'm sure a lot of women can relate. I know a lot of women do it with wine, El- you know, different types of alcohol, food mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm.
1: we start to lie. Yep about, you know, all the stuff. And Behaviors
0: that we're, that we're trying to hide, right? Like my totally. matcha, the yeah. coffee, Chicken whatever strips. it is. The, the, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's 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 this um, deceitful behavior. And here's the good news, Tamar, is that that can be quieted. Yes. That can be quenched.
1: Yes, it can be quenched. I like so that, that word, quenched. quenched. It kind of <laughs> makes me thirsty. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I find fascinating is that you know when i was modeling i was the perfect i bounced between the perfect size 6 and the perfect size 8 and i had to stay right in that zone because i i was the model for clothing and i had the clothing was made to my body so then other sizes would then be either up or down from there right so i had to stay in this little tiny zone and now so that was you know in the 90s now well i retired Yeah. Anyways, now people, the average size is 16. Mm -hmm. 14, 16 is the average size. So we have grown in size, in waist circumference, um, hip circumference. In the last 20 years, we've put on up to 30 pounds,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which just... I mean, I know because I just went through that, right? Mm -hmm. I went up to 160 pounds, Mm -hmm. which is incomprehensible to me to just see women walking around like this when they don't have to, when they don't have to tomorrow. Mm
1: -hmm. When I'm at my healthiest weight, Mm -hmm. I usually sit around a size 12 like that because of my hips. That's just been the way it is, but that's healthy for me for my body.
0: Right. And I'm not saying that everybody should be a size 6 or a size 8. <laughs> yes. That's be, that's my body, my frame. Yeah. That's right. Like what I'm saying is that we've gained mm-hmm. these 20 to 30 pounds that are just sitting on the on the female frame now mm-hmm. and have expanded in her size which then just has that really um, significant hormonal cascade. And then the weight becomes really challenging to get off, Mm -hmm. which on top of it becomes diabetes, cardiovascular disease, which is the number one killer right now for women. It's just, we have got to get this under effing fucking control. It just, I can't take it. I can't take it.
1: Yeah, it's hard.
0: So I want to talk about why we get fat for a minute because, you know, we're deceitful, we're lying because we're uncomfortable and we've just lived through, you know, several years of crisis, mm-hmm. which isolated us and um, separated us. And for people who are in recovery, we we need people, mm-hmm. right? You know that. That's why we found each other and we talk almost every, twice a day.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: <laughs> but you know, this, this idea around like, how do we get here? How do we get fat? It's because of the food that we're consuming, the lack of, um, the lack of movement. Right. And most like something that people are not even considering is what they're putting into their bodies. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What the actual thing that they're putting in. So like, I'm just going to use that kind bar, for -hmm. example, the sugar content on that kind bar is off the hook. It's just, You can't process it. So we're basically uh, creating a society full of diabetes, diabetics, because the consumption of sugar is out of control.
1: And that's really what it's about, because once Mm -hmm. you get that Mm pre-diabetes, right, it only Mm -hmm. goes up from there if you don't take care of yourself. And one of the things I was going to say was that, you know, I remember probably about four or five years ago, there was a big push on you know, you're beautiful the way you are. Yeah, and yeah. yes, all, all, all women are beautiful. We're beautiful human beings. But I tried to convince myself when I would get to my heaviest weights mm-hmm. that I'm fine this way. I just have to love myself as I am But because of what I was consuming, you know, it would have been Mm -hmm. a different story Mm -hmm. had I been consuming vegetables, nutritious food, treating my body well, exercising Mm -hmm. regularly. Okay, yes, you know, at that point, I know that I'm doing what I can to prevent things like diabetes and heart attack and all that kind of stuff, which is in my genetics. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm trying to convince myself that no, I'm okay, the way I am. But I felt horrible. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I would pull on a pair of jeans and, you know, my love handles would be there and Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy with that. So I'd try and portray this confident woman. That's fine the way I am, but I think it really showed that I wasn't, I was self-conscious. You know, I would always wear baggy clothes. Like Mm -hmm. I love, I love myself a good hoodie. That's just how I am. I've whatever size, but I would wear them even more. And even I'd had people ask me before, like, Hey, you know it's it's really warm outside. Why are you wearing a hoodie? You know, whereas today I'll wear a t-shirt. But mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of women, and that's where that deceit comes in too, when they're not healthy, and the weight is there. It's yeah. like we have to start getting honest with ourselves, and it's okay to say, you know what, I don't feel good right now. Like I need
0: help. Mm-hmm. There it is. I need help. <laughs> yep, I need help, and we all find. Those three words on our own time. And I'm just hoping that more women find it sooner rather than later, yeah. right? When there is that just such dysregulation that it's hard to come back from. Mm-hmm. And from my experience, because I've been up and down so often over the past 20 years and I've maintained abstinence, and then during COVID, I lost my abstinence around food, well, mm-hmm. just around food, not around alcohol. Um, and I'm now. Abstinent again, just over a year, which I'm really so grateful for. Uh, But I'm telling this, I'm sharing this little story about how it was easier for me to get back to this body, Mm -hmm. right? To to this size that I'm at now, because I didn't push myself. Like I went up to 160 Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, something is happening here. This is my. My, my top weight is 166 Uh and I knew I've got to, I have to do something. I, something drastic has to change here Uh because if I go beyond that, it's, I'm not going to be able to come back from it. Uh So for, you know, maybe somebody who's listening today, you know, it's like, what has your journey looked like long-term over the years? Have you struggled with this? Because you can pull yourself back. Mm-hmm. anyone can pull themselves back. Yeah. It just may take you longer. It may take you, It may look a little bit different. Like your journey, tomorrow, it's been a little, it's super different than mine. Exactly. So different. Yeah. It's, but you're still able to shed the weight and feel good in your body. You look amazing. I mean, you've always looked amazing, but you really like, you know what I mean? Like there's something, there's shift, there's a shift in you happening.
1: Yeah. And it's because I have the ability to be honest about where I'm at in my journey. Mm -hmm. I enjoy the process too. It's not a quick fix for me anymore because I know that that's not, that doesn't work. Right. So, you know, it's, it's letting go of the shame because I know, and that's, you know, part of the, I'm still self-conscious more than Mm -hmm. I am confident when it comes to my weight but not as much as I used to be because I'm honest about it at where I'm at and how I feel. And that's, it's okay because anytime we talk about weight with our friends, with our family, it's amazing the conversations you have. And it just makes it, it releases that shame that we hold on to.
0: That shame is just, it's it's a deal breaker. It
1: is. It's so, it's icky.
0: The, The other thing that I want to bring up here is, is the snacking that happens, that occurs, you know, because when we're in that like shame spiral and the deceit that occurs, snacking starts to happen. Uh And what we're reaching for, you know, the kind bar I already mentioned, but a lot of people go into this idea around, I I have to be gluten-free or I'm going to be gluten-free because that's what everybody says or my stomach hurts every time I eat bread. And so then they get on the gluten-free train. But what they don't realize is again, what those products are made of. And most of the time there's a huge amount of sugar in there. So I just pulled up another kind of snack. Um, it's called cookie dough and there's eight grams of sugar, eight grams per tablespoon. Whoa. Now you're not eating one tablespoon of this stuff. You're eating that whole Container mm-hmm. of cookie dough, and it's a vegan cookie dough. You know, it's a little tasty, yummy, yum, right? So just imagine, and ice cream. I'll just you know, good old pint of Ben and Jerry's. Putting that amount of glucose into your body, you you might as well stick a needle in your arm, mm-hmm. like. And, and again, that's uh, trigger warning on that. Sorry, but it's it's that's doing the same exact thing mm-hmm. for somebody who is struggling with their weight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That sounded horrible, I know.
1: But it's the reality.
0: But that's reality. It's reality. And what? I just, I I want women to feel and I just, I don't want people to die. I mean, at the end of the day, cardiovascular, like heart attack syndromes, I just can't.
1: Exactly. And I think we need to get away from looking at things that are promoted as vegan or healthy yeah. option, because right. a lot of those optional things that we can buy yeah. off the shelf that are processed
0: yeah look at the back yeah right just
1: because it says vegan does not mean it's healthy (laughs) it just means there's no animal products in there that's the only thing it means and it's you know you coming up to the holidays I think a lot of people will try and substitute things but read the back of the label because you're actually getting a lot of garbage in that stuff the healthier option is Mm -hmm. not always the healthier option eat real food
0: Real food. Yeah. The center for science in the public interest is reporting that women are getting approximately, uh, approximately, uh, 23 teaspoons of added sugar in their day. Not, not that you're pouring it into your coffee. Not like that. It's like in, in salad dressing, right? Mm -hmm. It's in ketchup. It's in, uh, relish. It's in mayonnaise. It's in bread. It's right. So, uh, In reality, we should only be having, you know, five or six teaspoons.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's just, it's, it's destroying people.
1: Yeah, it is. I remember I went out with a friend the other day and we were talking about just times that, you know, because she's on a a health path as well. And Mm. she goes, I remember going shopping with you a long time ago and you stuck to the outside of the grocery store. And I always remembered that. You know, and that's something that sometimes still I'll get caught up in is oh, let's go down one of those aisles, right? And I know that when I stay on the outside, it's such a simple simple concept. It is. You know, so
0: But people don't it's like we forget or something.
1: And know your DNA. Know your blue your blueprint because yeah everyone is different. And we've talked about it a lot on this show for a reason, because mm-hmm. there is so much stuff out in social media now telling you that you can lose 40, 50, 60 pounds doing this diet. It's just going to kill your metabolism.
0: Speaking of that, right? The diets, what's out there and available, the medical diets. Um, I think you have to understand what your DNA is to understand how you're going to do with that prescribed diet. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand that and you don't know what your DNA is, I just want to invite you to check it out. Just <laughs> check it out. <laughs> just check it out. I mean, y- you know, you can find out more over on our website, Laughing Without Liquor, Self Preservation. Mm hmm. Ah. And you can also go back and listen to episode 322, the link between weight gain and sobriety. Any other episode you want to mention?
1: There's a lot of, if you go back I'd say the last five episodes, there's been some good ones because we've talked about my genetics, um, right. you know, my histamine overload, which is 325. Check that one out.
0: I, I think, again, we're breaking the silence around, you know, why we don't talk about weight and we're inviting you to the table as well to start talking about the challenges, mm-hmm. you know, what are you facing every day and how do you live in this world today, which is super stressful Yeah, without binging and without under eating, right? Mm-hmm. Like the restrictor who I am, like, I'm going to like, Nope, not eating today. <laughs> uh, well, maybe tomorrow I'll eat the whole refrigerator. Like
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: So we really just want to, you know, open this, conversation up um recovery is a hundred percent possible we're living proof of it
1: exactly and we got your back we're walking this together we don't need to do this alone people and the more you're silent the more you're isolating so start talking
0: uh anything else we want to add to this
1: well do we want to tell them about what's coming up in the new year
0: well we have a book yes we do We have another book, but we're not telling you about that one yet. Can't tell
1: you about that one. No. I'm so excited. We have our reset coming up.
0: Yeah, we have a reset.
1: Yeah. There's lots of good stuff. (laughs) Uh,
0: So you can find out all the information over on the website, you know, laughingwithoutliquor.com. That would mean that you would have to go to the website. Yeah. Right. So I know you're listening to us. But there's so much information over there on the website. We're here to support you and your journey of recovery and being your best empowered self. Uh, If you have any questions, send us a speak pipe. Tamar, I love hanging out with you.
1: It's been a blast, Lane.
0: Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.